Chapter twenty six of Half a Century by Jane Grey Swiss Helm. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Visit Washington, age thirty five. When slavery thought to reap the fruits of the war into which she had plunged the nation with Mexico, lo, there was a lion in her path and not a bunyan lion either for this kingly beast wore no collar no chain held him the roused north had laid her great labor paw on the california gold fields and stood showing her teeth while the serpent with raised crest was coiled to strike and the world waited and wondered henry clay the synonym for compromise was still in the united states senate and with his cat-like tread stepped in between the belligerents with a cunning device a device similar to that by which the boys disposed of the knife they found jointly one was to own the other to carry and use it so by this plan the lion was to own california and the snake was to occupy it as a hunting-ground nay not it alone but every state and territory in the union must be given up to its slimy purposes in other words california was to be admitted as a free state upon condition of the passage of the fugitive slave bill which authorized the slave hunter to follow the fugitive into every home every spot of this broad land to tear him from any altar and demand the services of every good citizen in his hellish work men by thousands once counted friends of freedom bowed abjectly to this infamous decision daniel webster the leading whig statesman made a set speech in favor of thus giving up the whole country to the dominion of the slave power it was another great bid for the next presidential nomination which must be controlled by the south the danger was imminent the crisis alarming and the excitement very great i longed to be in washington so i wrote to horace greeley who answered that he would pay me five dollars a column for letters it was said that this was the first time a woman had been engaged in that capacity i went to washington in the early part of fifty going by canal to the western foot of the alleghanies and then by rail to the foot of the inclined plain where our cars were wound up and let down by huge windlasses i was in a whirl of wonder and excitement by this my first acquaintance with the iron horse but had to stay all night in baltimore because the daily train for washington had left before ours came i had letters to the proprietor of the irving house where i took board had others to colonel benton henry clay and other great men but he who most interested me was dr gamaliel bailey editor of the national era the great want of an anti-slavery paper at the capitol had been supplied by five dollar subscriptions to a publication fund and dr bailey called from cincinnati to take charge of it and few men have kept a charge with more care and skill he and the era had just passed the ordeal of a frightful mob in which he was conciliatory unyielding and victorious and he was just then gravely anxious about the great crisis but most of all anxious that the era should do yeoman service to the cause which had called it into life 
the era had a large circulation and a high literary standing but dr bailey was troubled about the difficulty or impossibility of procuring anti-slavery tales mrs southworth was writing serials for it and he had hoped that she a southern woman with northern principles could weave into her stories pictures of slavery which would call damaging attention to it but in this she had failed anti-slavery tales anti-slavery tales was what the good doctor wanted temperance had its story-writer in arthur if only abolition had a good writer of fiction one who could interest and educate the young he knew of but one pen able to write what he wanted and alas the finances of the era could not command it if only he could engage mrs stowe i had not heard of her and he explained that she was a daughter of lyman beecher i was surprised and exclaimed a daughter of lyman beecher write abolition stories saul among the prophets i reminded the doctor that president beecher and professor stowe had broken up the theological department of lane seminary by suppressing the anti-slavery agitation raised by theodore weld a kentucky student and through their influence against disturbing the congregational churches with the new fanaticism that edward beecher invented the organic sin devil behind which churches and individuals took refuge when called upon to come up to the help of the lord against the mighty but dr bailey said he knew them personally and that despite their public record they were at heart anti-slavery and that prudence alone dictated their course mrs stowe was a graphic story-teller had been in kentucky taken in the situation and could describe the peculiar institution as no one else could if he could only enlist her the whole family would most likely follow into the abolition ranks but the bounty money alas where could he raise it where there is the will there is a way and it was but a few months after that conversation when dr bailey forwarded one hundred dollars to mrs stowe as a retaining fee for her services in the cause of the slave and lo the result uncle tom's cabin as it progressed he sent her another and then another hundred dollars was ever money so well expended that grand old lion joshua r giddings had also passed through the mob and as i went with him to be presented to president taylor a woman in the crowd stepped back drew up her skirts and with a snarl exclaimed a pair of abolitionists the whole air of freedom's capital thrilled and palpitated with hatred of her and her cause on the question of the pending fugitive slave bill the feeling was intense and bitterly partisan although not a party measure mr taylor the whig president had pronounced the bill an insult to the north and stated his determination to veto it fillmore the vice-president was in favor of it so freedom looked to a man owning three hundred slaves while slavery relied on a northern man with southern principles president taylor was hated by the south was denounced as a traitor to his section while southern men and women fawned upon and flattered fillmore webster the great whig statesman of the north had bowed the knee to baal while colonel benton of missouri was on the side of freedom 
the third or anti-slavery party represented by chase and hale in the senate was beginning to make itself felt and must be crushed and stamped out at all hazards the infant must be strangled in its cradle while abolition was scoffed at by hypocritical priests as opening a door to amalgamation here in the nation's capital lived some of our most prominent statesmen in open concubinage with negresses adding to their income by the sale of their own children while one could neither go out nor stay in without meeting indisputable testimony of the truth of thomas jefferson's statement the best blood of virginia runs in the veins of her slaves but the case which interested me most was a family of eight mulattoes bearing the image and superscription of the great new england statesman who paid the rent and grocery bills of their mother as regularly as he did those of his wife pigs were the scavengers mud and garbage the rule while men literally wallowed in the mire of licentiousness and strong drink in congress they sat and loafed with the soles of their boots turned up for the inspection of the ladies in the galleries their language and gestures as they expectorated hither and thither were often as coarse as their positions while they ranted about the laws and constitution and cracked their slave whips over the heads of the doe faces sent from the northern states washington was a great slave mart and her slave pen was one of the most infamous in the whole land one woman who had escaped from it was pursued in her flight across the long bridge and was gaining on the four men who followed her when they shouted to some on the virginia shore who ran and intercepted her seeing her way blocked and all hope of escape gone with one wild cry she clasped her hands above her head sprang into the potomac and was swept into that land beyond the river death where alone was hope for the american slave another woman with her two children was captured on the steps of the capitol building whither she had fled for protection and this too while the stars and stripes floated over it one of president tyler's daughters ran away with the man she loved in order that they might be married but for this they must reach foreign soil a young lady of the white house could not marry the man of her choice in the united states the lovers were captured and she was brought to his excellency her father who sold her to a slave trader from that washington slave pen she was taken to new orleans by a man who expected to get twenty five hundred dollars for her on account of her great beauty my letters to the new york tribune soon attracted so much attention that it was unpleasant for me to live in a hotel and i became the guest of my friend mrs emma d e n southworth it was pleasant to look into her great dreamy gray eyes with their heavy lashes at the broad forehead and the clustering brown curls and have her sit and look into the fire and talk as she wrote of the strange fancies which peopled her busy brain among the legislative absurdities which early attracted my attention was that of bringing every claim against the government before congress if a man thought government owed him ten dollars the only way was to have the bill pass both houses in my tribune letters i ventilated that thoroughly and suggested a court in which brother jonathan could appear by attorney mr greeley seconded the suggestion warmly and this i think was the origin of the court of claims there was yet one innovation i wanted to make 
although my stay in washington would necessarily be short no woman had ever had a place in the congressional reporters gallery this door i wanted to open to them called on vice president fillmore and asked him to assign me a seat in the senate gallery he was much surprised and tried to dissuade me the place would be very unpleasant for a lady would attract attention i would not like it but he gave me the seat i occupied it one day greatly to the surprise of the senators the reporters and others on the floor and in the galleries but felt that the novelty would soon wear off and that women would work there and win bread without annoyance but the senate had another sensation that day for foot in a speech alluded to the gentleman from missouri benton sprang to his feet and started toward him but a dozen members rushed up to hold him and he roared stand off gentlemen unhand me let me reach the scoundrel every one stamped and ran and shouted order the speaker pounded his mallet and foot ran down the aisle to the chair drawing out a great horse pistol and cocking it cried let em come on gentlemen let em come on while he increased the distance between them as fast as time and space could permit after the hubbub had subsided foot explained mr speaker i saw the gentleman coming and i advanced toward the chair i have never seen a well-whipped rooster run from his foe without thinking of foot's advance End of chapter twenty six